This is the South Bend Beat Podcast, presented by Alpha Dog Agency. Welcome to my city, bring you to my city, let you ride around my city, I can show you around my city. Welcome to my city, bring you to my city, I can show you around my city, it's my city. What's up, everyone? Welcome to another episode of South Bend Beat. As you can tell, still a little bit of a scratchy voice. Um, We're going to get through it today uh, because we had on Corey Lance. Uh, Corey and his wife, Allie, started Transformation Ministries uh, in the Keller Park neighborhood of South Bend. Uh, We talked about his path from Bethel to starting Transformation issues and beautiful things that he sees in the city of South Bend, what they do. And we also finished up with a fair amount of talk about LeBron James, Duke basketball, and his experience getting stuck on an elevator. So enjoy this conversation with Corey. Let's go. Welcome back to another episode of South Bend Beat. This week we have someone I've been wanting to have on for a while, Corey Lance. Uh, Transformation Ministries. How are you doing, Corey? I'm doing well. It's good to be here. There's a little snow on the ground and it's warm in this room. So I'm excited to be a part <laughs> so, of this yeah, podcast. We'll, so we'll keep you in here for a yes, while. Yes, keep me in All here. Right. I love um, it. So I mentioned you do Transformation, uh, which has kind of been you know, a step-by-step journey that you started a while ago. Um, let's start with your background. Like, uh, are you from here, like born and raised? No, I'm from an hour south of here, Syracuse, Indiana. Okay. And yeah. that's where I was actually born in Fort Wayne, but moved to Syracuse pretty quickly after and grew up going to Wawasee High School, grew up on a lake, um, kind of a small town feel, kind of knew everyone, and then ended up going to Bethel College to play basketball and then go to school on the side. Yeah. So, um, but that is what drew me to Bethel with their tradition and playing for the legendary Mike Lightfoot. Right. Um, and so w- went there four years, and then after that graduated and, and moved to South Bend and been here for the last 10. So you, what year did you graduate, Bethel? 2009. Okay. So I was a 2010 graduate. My junior year was 09. I mean, that, that was a loaded team. Yes. You guys had, I mean. Yes. So we had you, Ryan, uh, Will, right. Tyler. So that you, so your junior year was my senior year. Right. Okay. Yeah, we were we were very good. We had, I mean, the National Player of the Year and Will Walker. Right. Who ended up playing professionally overseas monster. for – Nine years. He just retired from that, but just an amazing, amazing basketball player. So deep team too. I mean, yeah, it was like yeah, we had guys like Wes Ladig who could have started on a lot of teams right. coming off the bench, you know. And then yeah. Caleb Ladig, tremendous athlete, long, just uh, you know, a great player. He was coming off the bench as well. So yeah, a couple Hall of Famers in that group. I won't be one of them, <laughs> but I'd like to support those yeah, yeah. that will be. I think Ryan Lightfoot and uh, uh, Will Walker already are. And Ryan, of course, is the coach now, took yep. over for his yep. dad, Mike. Which is pretty cool. What was your major at Bethel? Uh, sports management. Mine too, yeah. Really? Yeah, nice. So uh, Coach Natalie, you have quite a few classes. Yeah, yep, yeah. yep. That's <laughs> really cool. Visker and then McClemens. Yeah, he was my advisor, Visker. Yep, yep, that's awesome. Um, so what – at what point, so right out of school, I guess, 2009, what did you immediately jump into and do? Yeah, um, 
we jumped, we moved into our neighborhood that we started to serve in right away. So basically my wife and I are, we got engaged uh, the spring semester of our senior year and started to just kind of say, what's next for us? And right. started to look at like our passion points and how they aligned. And we've been talking about it for a while, but three things came to mind, um, hospitality, youth, and culture. Those were like three theme words that were pretty instrumental for us. And so we started praying through those words and figuring out what was next. And I met with probably 15 to 20 different key leaders in different business realms, ministry, people that I respected at Bethel and just different mentors. And through all those conversations and everything, God kind of led us to the northwest side of South Bend and Keller Park neighborhood, partnering with Keller Park Church at the time, Pastor Ryan Yeezel, Ryan and Robin uh, were leading that. Another nonprofit ministry in the neighborhood was there. And so we kind of jumped into what they were doing and tried to just serve and love the best we could in that. So... So in the early stages, and correct me if I'm wrong, it started with ISI. That was kind of the first thing, which yeah. is iron sharpens iron, right. um, which is the Proverbs. And you yeah. kind of went from there. Right. Um, so that was the starting point. It, we call it transformation was our, our name. That was kind of our um, financial So from umbrella. day one. Yes. Okay. Transformation was the first name. And we actually didn't start ISI for a year. We were just serving and loving. And we, we started ISI out of a, out of a desire to kind of go deeper with fewer kids. Mm-hmm. We were seeing kids that, that wanted a little bit more for their life. And so we said, let's just take 12 of these kids. And we did six guys, six girls. And my wife and I started just really being intentional with them and relationships and kind of providing this holistic approach. And so ISI started then, yeah, a year after we had been there. And it's been, we're on our ninth year of ISI right now. And I know, so there's a core four with yeah, ISI. Yeah. You want to talk about those? Yeah. So uh, we didn't come up with the core four right away. We have, we continue to learn as we go. We're always learning and core adding. And yes, yeah. exactly. So, um, but the core four after a couple of years were like, we were starting to try to figure out what are we really about? And so there's four main components of ISI. We have spiritual development. Um, we have academic empowerment, life skills training, and mentoring. And so obviously, you know, spiritual development, we kind of started with that being the focus, but realized there's all these other things that we need to be kind of paying attention to as well to really care for the whole person. Life skills training, I mean, just anything from like how to cope, how to apply for a job, how to problem solve, uh, how to strategize, how to have proper hygiene, like just everything that falls under life skills, hard and soft life skills. And then the academic empowerment, we knew that was important, but we didn't do very much with it the first three or four years. We tried to do homework help and things, but we ended up hiring a couple of years ago a director of academic empowerment, running study tables and checking the kids' grades. She has access to a lot of the power schools that, that allows her to see their grades and their GPAs and different things. Um, and then the mentoring is honestly something that we didn't add for a couple of years because we were a little protective of our kids and we didn't know how we could bring in other people and how that would work. But that is like the lifeblood of what we do. I mean, every kid in ISI, which now they're 72, has a one-on-one adult mentor that's just like a champion of that of that kid. You know, they celebrate the joys and victories in the kid's life, birthdays, graduations, um, them scoring their first basket at basketball game. That's awesome. And then, but they're also with them during the valleys and, and the lows and kind of just allowing the student to lean on them during those times. So. And I want to get, you mentioned 72 yeah. is what you're up to. And that, and it could be higher if, if, I mean, yeah. there, there's more interest even than the 72. I mean, now right. it's kind of a staple of the neighborhood. Right. Um, did you think it would get this big this quickly? Um, 
it doesn't feel like it feels like we've moved very slow and it feels really? like we've you really? know we started with 12 kids the next year we were at it, we were at 12 and then i think we jumped to 18 and it just kind of added six or eight kids a year and 72 doesn't feel like that many in in regards to like the time frame but um it also feels like a lot with, with the kids that we're working with. It feels like sometimes we have 400 kids. Right. Um, and there is, you know, we had 88 applicants last year and accepted 72. So there's a demand. This has been kind of a fun year. I think as we were reflecting back in 2018, this past year, um, we were kind of looking at, we're seeing how this, this model of ISI and this, this, this relational model, that's kind of this wraparound approach has really developed a pretty cool, a pretty cool name in South Bend, you know, be, you know, kids see other kids at school and like, you're an ISI. I see, they see their sweatshirts and their gear. And it's like kind of a big deal to be an ISI. It's a special group. Other kids are wanting to be in it. We're, we're seeing our teachers, um, like realize that ISI is a special thing. We're getting referrals from even, um, you know, probation officers and different things now. And so, uh, that was a pretty cool thing to reflect back on this past year and see the name that ISI has kind of developed, not because we've promoted it. We're actually pretty guarded of, of getting our name out right. there, but I think just through like how God works and, and how, when people feel strongly about something, they trust something, then they start to share about it. And that word spreads pretty quick. So, and that's something I've always wondered it. What you guys have done such a good job of is you hear like after school program or a lot of times like faith based, um, extracurricular programs and a lot of times kids are like oh if my parents are going to make me go you guys managed to make isi like cool yeah how the heck did you do that yeah oh man i think because we grew slowly and we kept our we have four values that we developed as well so they're like the culture of isi like the kids know these values we talk about them all the time if we lose these values then we lose who we are mm -hmm. so the kids don't really know the core four that i i spoke of just recently but the values are this this idea of being third we talk about i'm third leadership putting god first others second and yourself third and how rewarding it is when you put others before yourself um, we talk about discovering gold we need to see the value in ourselves and others and we're constantly trying to say we encourage each other here we build each other up which is very unique but when a kid gets encouraged by another peer or a mentor, I mean, they feel great, even if they don't even know how to receive it. Right. It's like, that's special. So we're taught, we, we do this thing called shout outs where we do public affirmation and praise for kids that, that are doing really cool stuff. And we, we notice those things. Um, we talk about accountability. So holding kid to, holding each other to a higher standard. Kids want to be held to a higher standard as long as it's done in a loving way where it's like, I know you deeply. I have a relationship with you. You can trust me, but I'm going to push you. Um, they, they step up. It's pretty awesome to see that. And then kinship. Um, we talk about being a family that loves without condition. So we try to demonstrate as best we can, like unconditional love, you know, we're humans and, and, and that plays into it. But we try to say, this is a place where you come and you can just take a deep breath. You can be who you are. You can, you can, um, you know, let down, you can speak how you speak. You can, dress how you dress like you can just be um the person that you are and and you should not feel judgment here and so we hope that it doesn't always happen that way but we hope that at least a couple hours a week depending on how many hours they come they'll feel like this is a place where i can i can take it take a deep breath and we actually see come some kids come and take naps and, hey, and hey. sometimes you're like why you know kids shouldn't be taking naps at our facility but it's like that's a sign that they feel safe here right and exactly. so that's we kind of allow that sometimes, you know, inappropriate, inappropriate times. So, yeah. so did you know when you first jumped into this career path that um, 
to grow to where it's been now, it would require, I guess, like psychology is the best word to do. I mean, you have to get on the get eye level with so many different kids and so many different situations. Is that something that you initially prepared for or kind of learned on the fly? Yeah, I learned on the fly. A, a lot of this stuff, I, I mean, I look back at even stuff I, I did and said back eight years ago, 10 years ago, and I'm just like, I can't believe I said that or mm-hmm. did that. And I think I've just been transformed through the time of being with the kids and the families and, and realizing that I've learned so much truly from, from, my, from the people that I call my neighbors and friends now. Um, but yeah, the, the, like the, the psychology and the counseling and the sociology and some of these, some of these things, I was not aware of those. I didn't go to school for those things. I went to school for business essentially. Right. You know? Um, I've had to learn those on the fly. So we've just had a lot of people around us that we've, um, brought in to kind of be the experts on things. Uh, we do, we do always, we train our mentors every fall on trauma informed care. And that's been a, been a pretty big thing for us. So we actually bring a licensed counselor in to kind of teach that and, you know, talking through the trauma that our kids are experiencing, traumas that we've experienced as mentors and how those play out with how we behave, how we talk, how we receive love or don't receive it. So yeah, there's, it's, I mean, there's a lot of things that I'm not an expert in for sure that we just try to bring good people around us. And we touched on it briefly earlier. I want to get back to it now. Uh, you said the mentor program. So I believe you said earlier, it's 72 to 72. So one to one ratio. Right. right. Um, that's pretty rare in these kind of programs, isn't it? I think so. A lot of people are like, whoa, that's the thing right. that kind of that, that perks their ears up. But so I, I haven't studied a lot of the programs around the country in that, but I, I think it's pretty cool that we have that. And, uh, as you said, these mentors, I mean, they can go to, uh, athletic events, they can go to academic events. They're just kind of there to be a champion for them in their lives. Um, and is that something that the importance has grown as transformation and ISI has grown, has grown? Um, and is it something that, you know, the kids really look forward to being able to see their, their mentor? Yeah. It, some of the kids, I mean, it's all it, overall, it's like I said, it's the lifeblood. It's like an extremely crucial part because relationships is kind of at the core of what we're about. Um, and that comes from from the teachings of Jesus and how he interacted with his disciples and people like relational ministry is the most effective and it's the way to do it. And so the mentors allow us to do that. You know, with I can't take care of 72 kids and all the different things and know what's going on and have time for them. Um so the mentor, they do a great job. We have, I would say it's, it's crazy, but this is our, our best mentoring group we've ever had. I mean, they're just phenomenal. They're volunteers. We actually had a student ask a couple weeks ago, like, how much are the mentors getting paid to do this? We're like, it's free. He couldn't believe it. You really? know, just yeah. like, and he, he just couldn't believe that, that people would give their time and care and concern for that many students um, for, for such a long period of time. And some of the mentors now mentor kind of a couple of kids. There's a lot of cool overlap. We kind of have the philosophy that it takes six positive adults to like really help a kid transition from high school to um, next steps in college or, or life after high school, especially in regards to like their faith. Mm-hmm. And so we want to provide a couple of those at least, you know, um, realizing that there might be one at home or a teacher at school. And if we can provide a couple more of those. So our mentors do that. They're phenomenal. Um, I could speak forever about how amazing they are and what they do. It's crazy. That is awesome. So an aspect of transformation that I wasn't aware of, I wanted to ask you about was the residency program. Um, so when I was looking on your website and stuff, I saw that, uh, talk about that a little bit. Yeah, we just started that, uh, 
about a year and a half ago. Okay. Um, and it kind of came out of this idea of we feel like we kind of have a niche thing in what we're doing. We're, we're, we're like ministry, but we're also in the city and we're not, we, we really had a lot of reasons for starting it. One is we wanted to pour into like the next generation of people who might want to be doing uh, youth work in the city in this type of context. Um, we also wanted to give people of color a chance to do that because you find a lot of these like residency internship programs were kind of geared towards majority white culture or people mm-hmm. that come from like, a lot of financial means. And so they don't raise support when they come with us. We, we provide a stipend for them that's that definitely is good enough for them to live on. We provide their housing. And then we just bring them in as almost like staff for a year. And they're just part of our team. They're working hands-on, hands, hands-on ministry with the students. Um, they're taking a class and doing some professional development, some personal development and things like that. And then our goal is to say, okay, what's next for you? Kind of at the end of your time, um, we try to say, what are your gifts? What are your strengths and passions? And how can we best set you up for what's next? And ultimately, I'd love to, you know, get people that go through our residency and, and send, send them to other places in the city and say, you got a good one on your hands. Like, this is going to be a person right. that's ready to go. Um, so, and then maybe some of those we might hire internally as well. You know, there's no better um, hiring process than to watch someone for 12 months and work closely with them and right. you know what you're getting. Right. So um, we're in the process potentially of hiring one of our residents and we'll see where it goes, but it's been fun to see her grow and then to see all of her, her gifts and what she brings to the table. You know what you're getting. So it's like right. the safest hire we could ever ask for. So that is fantastic. Yeah. Um, before we get to talking about South Bend, more of a, uh, citywide type situations and stuff. Um, one thing I always hear rave reviews about is Greater Impact, which is, in a sense, your lawn care uh, company with the kids. Now, is it just lawn care? Do they do anything in the winter? Yes, we just, we've just we just expanded. Okay, cool. So we've kind of like – you want me, I can kind of share the history of that if that's appropriate love time. It. Let's okay. do it. So basically five years ago when we were doing our life skills within ISI and we were talking about how to get a job, how to, how to apply for a job, interview for a job, keep a job, leave a job appropriately. You shouldn't be cussing out your supervisor that day and then leaving. And like, right. that's not appropriate, you know, right. two week notice and some of these things. Well, I started going to some local businesses in South Bend and saying, Hey, would you take a chance with some of our kids? It, a lot of them, it would be their first job. Um, they're a little, you know, there's some of the things you have to work through some of the responsibility, the consistency, maybe a little bit of attitude stuff. And some of them would say, yeah, we'll take them. Others were like, no, we're not going to do this. Well, at the end of the day, none of them, would even give our kids a chance. And so we realized, man, hands-on work is going to be the best way to really teach these life skills. And so we said, let's start something. And the, the easiest thing to start was a lawn care company. It was a very, had very low barriers to entry. We, we ended up spending, I spent 300 bucks of my own money to buy a lawn mower um, and a weed whacker. Right. And so we did four properties the first summer. There was three boys and myself and we kind of would schedule it together and, and I would always give them half of the money. The other half would go back in the business and it was just a really easy model. Well, then we kind of got together and said, should we make this more legit? And they're like, yeah, let's do it. And let's hire some more ISI kids. So the next year we jumped up to 35 properties and then we jumped up to 70 Ooh. some, and then we wow. went up to 150 and then we went up to over 200 properties. <laughs> so obviously like I was having a hard time running transformation and running the lawn care company. I mean, the first three or Two four years. businesses. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm working seven to eight hours a week. I got a wife and kids. This isn't healthy for us. And I was, I, I did everything 
at the beginning, I was mowing with the kids. I was supervising them. I was changing the oil. I was sharpening blades. I didn't know how to do any of this <laughs> stuff. I'm just learning on the fly. And so we got to a point a year ago that, or a year and a half ago, we said, my wife basically said, Hey, this is amazing. It's great. You're providing jobs for kids, first job experiences, but we either got to shut this thing down or you got to hire someone because you can't be, you know, out till nine o'clock at night mowing until it gets dark, you know, right. in the spring. And so we hired a guy named Bob and he's been absolutely amazing. And he's taking this whole thing to the next level. So in the process, we're like, we could do this with some other different kind of divisions of greater impact lawn care. So we said, let's rename it to greater impact. And that's going to be kind of our whole, our whole focus is to, um, uh, you know, provide good work opportunities for, for youth and ISI, for our ISI students. And so we have the lawn care and landscape division and we have a general construction division now. So we do kind of like handyman projects and small awesome. renovation projects. Um, I think our biggest one is a, you know, twenty twenty five thousand dollars project we've done so far. So they're not real small, but they're, you know, we were able to do some of those things and teaching kids things outside of cutting grass and, and mowing. So I'd eventually like to start something else um, within undergrader impact as well. Um, so there's a few ideas I have that we're kind of talking about, but I'm not sure I'm ready to put them out there yet. You sure? This but, is the place to break news. Yeah, well, <laughs> maybe, maybe in a couple of months I can, right. I can break the news to you and you can share with your, yeah, your listeners. Right. Yeah, that's a verbal contract. <laughs> so a lot of our listeners are very active in the community, um, and there's different pockets of the community where um, there's just different realities, to be 100% honest. You're kind of ground level um, out in your area, the Keller Park area. What are some of the uh, biggest challenges or areas for improvement that you've seen, um, and even to take it a step further, a level where people could get involved and make a difference? Yeah, you're talking just within within our organization or within just the Let's city. go South Bend Citywide, yeah. anything you're aware of. Yeah, I mean, that's that's a big, it's a very loaded, open-ended question. I, I think it starts with, so I'm a resident of South Bend. I live very close to the our transmission center. And you just see things because you just live there. And so um, I see housing being an issue and a barrier. Um, I see people who have um, nonviolent offenses and some some legal things that have gone against them being barriers for them to get jobs or find housing or kind of even even be able to to move ahead in life um, without this stuff hanging over their head um, it's been hard you know this one's very hits close to home just with some recent events but just like the shootings and, and some of the violence within um, our neighborhoods and especially with like the teens that are that are involved in this kind of stuff it's it feels so mindless stuff and, and it's kids that are we're all connected with so um, there was a tragic thing that happened just a couple of weeks ago with a student who, who was shot and killed. And um, it's just so many of our kids are affected by this. And so many of our community members are affected by this. And so um, I see that as a big thing that, that we need to continue to focus on. Um, those are some things that have come. So housing, um, kind of the, the criminal justice system and how that affects our, our youth, and especially people of color. And then also, um, yeah, the violence and, and some of that in our community. So talking with transformation specifically, um, I assume you guys are always looking for volunteers? Yeah, yeah, we are, definitely. So we have a couple of different avenues for that. Yeah, I want to hear them. So obviously the mentoring part. Right. Um, that's that's kind of the, the most extensive um, 
volunteer position that we have. It's, it's, we ask, it's the longest commitment. So we ask for like a, a nine month commitment during the school year. Obviously, obviously if it goes well, they usually stick with the student. We've had some mentors stick around for six, seven years, which is really ideal. Um, and then we also have a need for food volunteers. We call them food teams. Uh, we serve a meal every night of the week at our center and it comes out to be about 16, 17 meals a month. And we need people to come in and provide that food, prepare that food, and then and then serve it, and and hopefully you know feel part of the ISI family a little, right. a little bit. And then we're looking for special event volunteers, where it's kind of just like these one-off events that we have, if it's a block party or different things like that. So it's kind of like just people that are in our network. We try to get the word out. Um, and then we often need some some academic help, volunteers as well, so tutors and people that are going to be able to come in and read with little kids or do some um, do some just kind of supervision of kids as they're doing different, you know, study centers and things. And then also um, providing kids with like more higher level um, tutoring, such as like chemistry and math and subjects that I, you know, algebra, <laughs> uh, calculus, some of those yeah. things that are like high school kids are taking that yeah. I'm like, I can't help you. I'm so yeah, sorry. Sports management yeah. majors. That <laughs> exactly. <ain't happening. laughs> exactly. So, and if, and if a listener would like to jump in, um, what's the best route for them to take, go to the website? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So the website's transformation58.com. So it's transformation and then the, the number five, eight, and you can just go to volunteer. There's a lot of different ways to hit. You can the very homepage has a, a tab that says volunteer, or you can go check out our different, you know, programs that we have. And there's usually another tab to hit volunteer there. We try to get that out as many places as possible on that's the website yeah. so that people know that we need help and they can volunteer. So that's the best way to go. And if someone doesn't have the time to volunteer, uh, I assume there's a way for them to give also. Right. If they'd rather just give financially. Right. That's all. Financials are great as well. We yeah. could always use <laughs> yeah. money. Um, I was just talking with someone about that this morning. They said, how are you guys doing financially? And it's like, as a nonprofit, you never really feel like you're doing great. Right. Even if you're doing, if even if money's coming in and stuff, because it could stop at any moment. You're yeah. not, we're not providing a service where people are paying to be a part of it. You know, our programs cost nothing for, for the kids and the family members. So anyways, you can go to the same website, transformation58.com, and there will be a tab that says give. And then you can go on there and ideally they use both tabs. Ideally they use both tabs. We love, (laughs) we love when people give both their, their time and they give their money. That's always a huge win. Now, um, one thing I did want to touch on, you mentioned you were a Bethel grad. Um, is Bethel still involved at all in helping with what you're doing at Transformation? Yeah. I mean, obviously, at like an informal level, I'm good friends with President Chenoweth over there. And then also Sean Holtgren is, has, oh, was there great. when I was yeah. there. And he's he's a guy that I'm in, in a lot of contact with. And then a lot of the professors over there, you know, that we Theo Williams, Terry Lindhart, some of those people that are very involved. So but we try to tie us tie our our organizations in as much as we can. And so a formal way that we've done that is through our urban ministry experience. Uh, it's, it, we call it the UME and that's where Bethel students apply. They get selected to live in our neighborhood for a year. We have two houses and it's kind of just like an immersion time for them, more of a learning time for them than it is a serving. They are doing hands-on ministry. They're mentoring, they're helping with, um, building supervision and running some of our events. But they also take a class for credit where we talk about issues of race and justice and community development and poverty and all those type of things. And then they also are getting mentored and having just people kind of pouring into them and and, and what they're doing. So we've had, I think, around 60 students go through that. This is our 10th year of doing it. We're kind of we're almost 
yeah, we're a couple months away from our 10th year. We're just now getting ready to start accepting applicants for 2019 and 2020. Awesome. And I didn't, I didn't mention this earlier, but I had my notes. I did want to ask you about it. Uh, fairly recently, I don't know, a few years, the new building, how long has it been? Yeah, we bought it, uh, we bought it two and a half years ago and we've been in it for a year and a half. I mean, it's, Absolutely gorgeous. I remember. Have you been in it? Yeah, Tina and I went to like your open house when oh, you first wow, got in there. Nice. Okay, um, cool. And it had the the TVs had the screen showing it was like a diner or yeah, something before. Yeah, yeah. Portage Cafe. Yeah, Portage yeah, Cafe. Yeah. It, yeah, it's gorgeous over there. Great space. Um, how much? Speaking from the real estate side, um, last week we had some real estate experts on, and just how much of a nightmare was it going from a cafe to the space you wanted? Did, did you think it'd be easy? It ended up a lot harder. Did you know it'd be pretty difficult? I think I thought it would be so hard and it was actually easier than I so, thought. So for, hey, that's the yeah. way to go into it. Then. It yeah. was interesting. We went to the cat, we went to Portage cafe and I had been eating there, um, for the last couple of years, just with different people. And I went to the main lady who ran it, Jan. And I said, Hey, we're looking at your storefront next door, which is so small. It's like, it was like a couple hundred square feet. I mean, it's tiny. I said, we're interested in that one. Do you know who owns that? And she said, actually, my dad owns that, and he owns the restaurant, too. I'll have him call you tomorrow. And I said, okay. And I was like, no way they're going to call me. He called me tomorrow. He said, hey, would you be interested in buying the restaurant, too? And I was like, Porter's Cafe? <laughs> it's been around for like 50 years. He's like, yeah, we're looking to sell it. And I was like, no way. So I started working with him individually. We, we met together for months, and we eat at the cafe, and we talk. And that was kind of a uh, individual deal. And then at the same time, I was like, we want to get the other storefront on the other side. Right. Um, and that was with, through a realtor. So that was kind of tricky to kind of get both of those at the same time. Cause we didn't really want one without the other. We didn't, we needed both the spaces or, or all three essentially with all three storefronts. And so, but now, now that it's worked out, it's been great. Um, the harder thing that we've done actually has been the, uh, the, we remodeled our parking lot and we put a basketball court in out back. Have okay. you seen that yet? I haven't, no. It's, oh, you got to stop by. It's, yeah. it's awesome. So that's been a pretty cool thing. But that's been, I kind of was like the general contractor on that. Whereas we, for the building, we brought someone in that kind of semi-volunteered their time, but also we paid them a little bit. They were phenomenal with handling details. This parking lot thing has been a nightmare for me. I'm so, <laughs> it's, it's almost done, but I'm like, I I'm not. I can see it on your contractor. face. <laughs> I'm ready to be done with this kind of stuff. And this is crazy. So we were only working with like six different trades. But it was just scheduling them all together. It was it was hard. It was hard. And it, is it pretty much at the finish line now, or pretty close? We are high. We've hired Greater Impact to do the lawn care and landscape. So they're. I they're, hear good things. They, I've heard they're pretty good. They got a great group of people there. They're you know respectful and do quality work and affordable. So, yeah. So we're almost done. That'll be done probably in it, once this, once it, it it gets a little warmer. They'll they'll have about a month of work probably on that to do the awesome. landscaping and stuff like that. So before we get into the lightning round and kind of the lighthearted stuff, um, we ask everybody this question. If a listener, maybe they're a Bethel student, maybe they're younger, and they say, I want to be the next Corey Lance, I want to do what he's doing, what kind of advice would you have for them? Yeah, that's a great question. We've actually had some people ask us that, and it's kind of like a weird, you know, first you kind of think, I don't know, that's a good question. My advice would be with this type of work, when you're, when you're moving into a, a, a diverse community, especially when you, you are maybe racially the minority or a minority in some way, um, you're coming into someone else's world that they've known for longer. I think a lot of humility and a lot of willingness to learn is crucial. And so I've had, we've had people ask us, okay, we want to move into this, this city and do what you're doing. 
how do we get the 501c3 and how do we get the funding and how do we get the building? And I'm like, my advice, if you can do this is move in for a year and like, don't do anything, just be a good neighbor. And they're like, it's really hard for people to right, hear that. Yeah. They're like, we want to do stuff though. And I'm like, that's, that's basically what my wife and I did. We, I mean, we were involved in the church there and, and tried to do things that the church was doing and, and just were involved with what was happening in the community and just had a lot of kids in our home. They didn't know that it was transformation that they were being a part of. It was just Corey and Allie and we're just eating meals together and playing video games and working on homework and doing that kind of stuff together. So that's the advice I'd give, but you got to move slowly. Um, I know a lot of people are, you know, even wanting to like plant churches in, in, in a community like South Bend or go to the, you know, provide different resources and stuff. And I just say, just do some, do some market research, you know, who's in the community, who are the stakeholders, who's been there before you, what's been happening there. Because no matter where you go, if you move into a place, there's people there that are like doing stuff and really good stuff. And God's at work there before you ever showed up. So that's just kind of a reminder I would give. Um, I think I'm thankful that we don't ha we didn't have a facility for the first nine years. That really? We just did our home. We did use churches, and it wasn't about that. Like, and so I'm really thankful looking back. I didn't do that on purpose, um, but I'm really thankful how it's kind of played out. Love it. You want to get to some lightning round questions? Let's do it. I don't you know don't, what they are, you have but no that's, idea what's coming, let's, yeah. let's go for it. All right. Um, I'll pick out like five of these. We asked this one last week and it got a pretty good response. So how about, uh, would you rather sleep wearing handcuffs or a bike helmet? I don't want to have anything to do with handcuffs. <laughs> so I would definitely rather sleep with a bike helmet. Although my bike helmet is extremely uncomfortable. Is there a comfortable bike helmet? Like, do you know if, if they make. So is yours like the kind of old school, like egg looking one or yeah. is it like the shell? It's like the egg. Okay. It's That's like, all I've ever used, and yeah, they're not comfortable. Like if I get if I fall off my bike and hit my head against the pole, like I'm I'm dying. Yeah. Like this helmet is not gonna work. But it's like you're supposed to wear it to help. I, I just don't understand it. Like, well, you, now you can wear it in bed if it's that or handcuffs. Yes. Both they both said they like to move their arms a lot and stuff when they sleep. And, oh, okay, okay, yeah, okay. So they okay. both went bike helmet. Okay. Have you ever been stuck on an elevator? I have. I have. I was stuck oh, on an elevator. I believe. My teammates, if they're listening to this, if they ever, I don't know who listens to this podcast. Was it for Bethel sure. teammates? It was Bethel teammates. And it was on an elevator, I think in Miami, Florida. And we piled in. And as soon as we pushed like up, it, it, we dropped like below the ground level. And it was hilarious. I don't know if you remember Rico Swanson. Yeah, yeah. Oh my gosh, Rico, who's actually South Bend community member. He played ball in here, a legend at basket, a legend right. at, at Bethel in, in basketball. He was an assistant coach at the time, and he, he just—I mean, I thought he was gonna die. He was so scared, and he was—I would have passed out. And it got so hot in there, and it was just how like, long were you stuck? We were at like, like we were shoulder to shoulder, and and it was like it was crazy. Probably it felt like thirty minutes, but probably ten minutes. And, and finally, just... somehow, somehow, it wasn't like the fire company came and got us, but it, like somehow someone came and, and, and it lifted up like manually the elevator. But we were like a foot above, a foot, we could, there was like one little section you could see like above ground level, but everything else was, was below oh, the surface. Oh no, I wouldn't have been okay. It you were was, fine with it? No. No, you weren't fine. <laughs> I get claustrophobic, but I was like, stay calm, so, stay calm. This is crazy. And there's 15 guys. Were phones there. working and everything? Uh, like cell phones? I 
I don't even know if I could have got my phone out of my pocket to put it by my ear. Is that it tight? Was that tight. That's so you why guys we just went above the weight. Yeah, above, went above the weight. It was like yeah. we're idiots, you know. We're just like all these basketball players are six seven, six eight guys, and we're so just it was shoulder to shoulder. Oh, it was chest to back. I mean, it was like you couldn't. It was crazy. And that's they the start, only time you've ever been in sweat. That was the only time you've ever been stuck. Yes. Okay. Yes. So. All right. Let's do. That's a good uh, question, man. Good I one. ask everybody that question because I don't ride them. Be, have all. you been stuck? Nope. Don't plan on it either if, if I don't get on one. Oh, man. So my sister-in-law is, uh, like, pretty pregnant right yeah. now. Yeah. So the baby's due at any point. The last time I rode at elevators when she had her last child, because uh, Memorial said you can't take the stairs, and that made the security guard ride with me because I just don't do elevators. <laughs> Are you claustrophobic or yeah. just fear of... Like, in other situations, I'm not that claustrophobic, but with elevators, like, I'm not scared of it snapping and dropping. I'm scared of getting, like, your exact situation. I'd have been done. <laughs> I would have been done. There were guys in there that were having breakdowns that you, you that would have been yeah. me. That would have been as me. calm as you try to stay. Yeah. I'd have been done. So hopefully that doesn't happen to me. Wow. Um, do you, do you go to the movies every once in a while? I really well, don't. I never? really don't. I, we, that's, I just hardly even watch movies at all. I just, really? I just am just, I, I'm a busybody. I'm always doing things. And so when I'm watching anything like on a TV show, it's or watching television, it's an it's an athletic event. I mean, it's Duke basketball, Notre Dame football, you know, some NFL stuff, NBA stuff, LeBron James. But I have not. But I have. I mean, I can tell you the last one I've been to. What was it? It was uh, the Hate You Give. Okay. So have you heard yeah. of that one? Yeah. At all? Yeah. 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 So that that came out. At, I want to say October maybe. Um, so I read the book. It was a huge book, like 400 or 500 pages, I felt like. Maybe not. Someone who's listening to this is like, no, it was only pages. 150 pages. I don't read a lot. No, I do read a lot. <laughs> to me, it felt like 500. Yeah, it was a long book, and then I watched the movie, and so that's the last one I've seen. So we don't go to the theater very often. I think the one before that was probably uh, a Black Panther, which <laughs> so was like a year ago. Right, it came yeah. out in February of 2018. Like, I just don't go to movies. So are you often. a popcorn guy when you do go to the movies? Yes. Do you yes. put, like, candy in it? You go butter, just straight? We what go butter, man. Oh, yeah? I want it to be so oily and just yeah i want i want it to just be so dripping with butter dripping yes so we go big when we go to the theater we got to get that popcorn for sure so you mentioned sports teams uh you're wearing a lakers hat right now right so are you a lakers fan or lebron heck no. fan? oh heck no i'm not a lakers fan just a lebron fan that's how big of a lebron fan i am i, I love lebron too oh, i'm such a lebron dude, stan that, yeah love him oh my goodness i i'm i don't find a lot of you actually because People tend to hate LeBron and, and stuff, but I'm not I think a Lakers that's why fan. I, liked him so I think much. I am. T- I like yeah. the underdog. Underdog. He's not an underdog. But I he like kinda... who everyone else like just likes to poop. Exactly. Drove, exactly. Drove me nuts. Exactly. So, yeah. Lakers. I I never thought I'd wear a Lakers hat. I don't like the Lakers at all. I didn't like them ever. I don't like. Were you Kobe. disappointed he went to L.A.? A little bit, yeah. yeah. I kind of wanted him to stay at Cleveland, but I understand why. I just I like that. I like underdogs in general in life, and so I think. Him coming back to Cleveland at the underdog team that no one wants to play for Cleveland was pretty awesome when he was there in Cleveland winning a championship. I just watched the More Than an Athlete series. If you've seen, have you yeah, heard yeah, of that? The eight, yeah. eight, oh my goodness, that's so amazing. I love that. And then I, I, I just, I could talk about LeBron for a while. I love him, like what, who he represents a lot on the court, but even more so off the court. Um, I like his story of where he came from, and and I'm just so intrigued by how a person. Who grew up with a, you know, has never really met his biological father, a single mom, was kind of homeless at different times, living with different people, 
just the and then how he carries himself as a person i have so much respect for him you don't hear a lot of off the court issues i'm sure there's stuff that happens but you you know he seems like a pretty famous like not really though like, no, like when you get super famous at 15 16 years old I mean, you can almost expect four or five arrests, maybe some right. kids with, you know, women that you didn't end up marrying. Right. This dude has been married his high school sweetheart, has kids. He's a great father. I, I agree. Hasn't gotten in trouble. I mean, I don't, when people are like, oh, I just don't like him. Why? Well, I just don't like him. I mean, yeah, sometimes with the media, he can, a little diva-ish maybe. Yeah. But what, I mean, if, if social media was around when MJ was playing, oh people would have a completely... Oh. Different. He already, we already social media wasn't around. We already know all of it. He had gambling issues. I mean, he punching was, teammates. Oh, the stuff he was doing with teammates and just the way, you know, I love MJ personally. Yeah, I yeah. do. But like this off the off the court issues and stuff. Like and just even the way he's invested his dollars. Like right. LeBron's investing in schools. Yeah. For his community, which is like I love. Like I love the I Promise School. I want an I Promise School. Yeah. In South yeah. <laughs> that would so, be awesome. <laughs> so I like how we brought like someone like Mav Carter. Usually it would be. You know, a management team would get a hold of you and be like, you need someone else. You need to do right. this. He said, I trust Mav. And now Mav is like a huge name in entertainment right. and management. I mean, he brought people with him. Yeah. Where that's pretty rare also. And Mav was his a senior when he was a freshman at St. Vincent St. Mary's in high school. And, and it's like, you're right. It's another guy who people kind of, you know, wrote off and different things. And even when he joined LeBron, it was kind of like, well, you're only successful because of LeBron. Right. Well, now you're starting to see these guys do these things on their own. Still friends with LeBron right there with him. But, like, they're successful on their own as well. And I just love seeing kids. That's what I see in my kids. Like, I see greatness in ISI kids. I see kids who maybe come from, you know, lack of or people saying, you can't do this. And I love that I have models like that. Right. And that he can say, no, Mav Carter's doing this. Like, he doesn't have, like, all these – he didn't go through all these clubs and programs to become this businessman or whatever. He's just, like – he just, he's a smart guy and worked hard and worked hard and you are the same, you know? So, so there's a lot to LeBron. You, I love LeBron. So are you a Duke fan? You I'm a big Duke. Duke fan. Yeah. I'm a big Duke fan. I became so a, usually the underdogs, but you also like Duke. Right. But I love how people rip on Duke. I See, love the Christian gr- Leitner thing. You growing know. up, I was a big, so I'm from Kansas. Okay. Everyone out there was KU fans. It drove me nuts. So I was like, you know what? I'm a cheer for Duke. So and you're now, a Duke fan too? Not as much anymore, okay. but then surrounded by KU fans, I hated Duke so much. Okay. It, I just, I just fed off of it, yeah. and that was like the JJ Redick years. Yeah. I remember the Jace, he was Jason Williams at that time, missing the free throw, and I was yeah. just devastated. Yeah. But now, I mean, are you a pretty big Zion fan? I'm a huge Zion fan. I, that dude's a freak. I, I yeah, I, <laughs> I'm, I'm a big fan. Like I, I'm a big Duke fan, and so I know that I see it through that lens. But like, I think. Coach K has not really – people are ripping on him because he's doing these one-and-done guys now, and he's yeah. bringing in Zion, and he's bringing in RJ Barrett and, and Cam Reddish, and right. these one-and-done guys. But I still think he's recruiting the same way – the same type of guy he did back when he was recruiting Bobby Hurley and Johnny Dawkins and stuff. I agree. Yeah. It's just – like, they're, they're like, top-tier guys. Like, they're good guys. He goes in the home. They come from, like, good situations. They're, they're selfless players, you know. And uh, it's just that the rules have changed, so now they can they can leave and go early. So right. I, I think he's doing it a good way. I know there's probably some stuff that's happening that I don't know that he's you know sneaking around and doing stuff. But Duke basketball, I'm 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 with him. Do you have an uh, NFL team or baseball team? Oh my goodness, uh, NFL, not really. I guess I'd say the Colts because they're in Indiana. Right. Um, I'm kind of the same way. Yeah. Just, yeah. 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 So I'm, I, that. 
I, I watched a little NFL here and there, not a ton. And then Major League Baseball, I I don't know if I've ever watched a full – I've never watched a full game. <laughs> really? like, I don't even know when the playoffs are going on or, like, the World Series. Really? Like, it was, like, people talking about the World Series, and I'm like, wait, what's happening right now? It's a World Series? Like, I – and I, I love sports. But Just like, too boring for you? It's so boring yeah. for me. So – I remember one time I was going to go to actually Wrigley Field to a Cubs game, yeah. which was sounded exciting. Like that's a historic event, and and you know Jason Miller, right? Yeah, of if, course. If he yeah. listens to this, yeah. this would be good yeah. for him. Um, we were we were went to the game, and I was like super excited about it, being with Jason, but also seeing the Cubs at Wrigley. You know, this is going to be amazing, even though I don't love baseball. And we literally got there in the ninth inning, like it ended, like it was <laughs> off, like Jason was off a couple hours or something. <laughs> And I was like, Jason's oh, it's a big fine. baseball nerd. Yeah, he, he is. Loves and baseball, he yeah. he would say he's not like a huge sports guy, but like he but, knows way more about baseball than I do. Right. And like he's yeah, he's a baseball guru in a lot of ways, which is you don't hear. I wouldn't often say that about Jason. <laughs> right. For other sports. For <laughs> right. other sports. Yeah, but baseball. He yeah, I think he was like he did like the scorekeeping and stat keeping for Bethel. Yeah, he, was he did. He, was, he did. Yeah, I mean, he's a big baseball guy. Oh, uh, he is very much so. Uh, let's do one more lightning round. Um, if you could shop free at one store, what store would you choose? Free at one store, and be and you can't be like selfless, Corey, with this answer. It's for yeah. you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I, I really, I'm trying. I, I probably I would just probably Dicks. Yeah. Like they just have a lot, a large variety. Like they have the outdoor camping stuff. They have like great shoes. They have. That's a good answer. Yeah, yeah. The, the all the brands that you'd want that you're just like I can't afford. You know, a fifty dollar t shirt or seventy five dollars. Do you or golf? I golf with people I like. They have golf. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's a good answer. That I don't know. That's a good answer. Or like don't know very well what's to golf with me. I'm like I don't have time to golf for three yeah. hours. Like I'm kind of a busybody. So that that's another like kind of I put that in the baseball world. Like it's just kind of slow. Right. And so I like to golf with people that I like because I can be with them, you know. And I don't, I, it's it's fun. I like to laugh a lot when I golf. Yeah. So. So you could get the golf equipment at Dicks too. I'm, I'm, You'd yeah, be exactly. Set. Exactly. Bike equipment, exercise stuff. So it'd have to be Dicks for okay. sure. Okay. Yeah. Well, before we wrap this up, remind everybody again one more time where they can uh, go to volunteer, give, plug your website, uh, social media. Kind of lay it on them. Yeah, so Transformation Ministries is the name of our organization. You can check all of the stuff that we do underneath that umbrella at transformation58.com. It's pretty self-explanatory once you get there, whether you want to give or volunteer or just learn more about the different programs that we have. Um, if you want to learn more about Greater Impact and the businesses that we provide through that, which right now is lawn care and landscape and uh, general construction, you would actually go to Greater Impact greaterimpactsb.com um so it's so, a book they're going there right okay right so you if you want to get a quote for you want us to quote you for your a property that you want us to mow or a landscaping job or a you know a, a general construction job that you want a remodel job go to greaterimpactsb.com and you'll be able to do all that there and we'll be in touch with you as far as social media um we use facebook we're, and we're trying to get better at that. I should talk to Alpha, Alpha Dog Agency to learn more yeah, about how that works. Okay. Um, but uh, we also we use Instagram, so we have it's just Transformation Ministries, um, and then we also have uh, Greater Impact as well. I don't know the handles for those. So your Facebook is also Transformation Fifty Eight, okay. nice and easy. Okay. Um, Instagram, let's take a look here. Transformation 
I will put, I think it might be transformation underscore ministries or something like that. And I'm going to put it in the show notes okay. to take all the guesswork out of it. That's great. So yeah. I'm, listening not a, to this, I'm not the greatest at social media, so show, I should really talk to you more yeah, about this. Check the show <laughs> notes. Uh, we'll get all your links in there. Yeah. And this was a ton of fun. Thanks for coming. Awesome. By. Thanks a lot, Kyle. I appreciate it. Welcome to my city. Bring you to my city. Let you ride around my city. I can show you around my city. Welcome to my city.